20 minutes for all those up Swindon fans. But you're not there yet. In it goes! Oh, it's gone in! Richard left foot in! What a volley! It's the stuff of champions! It's the stuff of dreams! And Donate races it on goal and Donate! 3-0! The Amex goes wild! What a goal! And now Murray could be in. Snake from Tompkins, what a goal from Glenn Murray, he's hardly had a touch. On he'll go, Michael Smith, into what he's Hello and welcome to episode 86 of Together, a Brighton Over Albion podcast. My name is Josh and we are... Uh, back we had a very small break due to me moving house um and what an absolute insane experience that has been uh the only move i've ever had to do is going to uni when i went to uni uh so it was like one suitcase and a couple of bits and pieces um and then one more move where i moved to the u.s and that was one massive suitcase um and i left everything else behind like furniture and all that sort of stuff uh was either got rid of or sold on and you know other pieces of stuff that's more important was left in my mum's attic for me to pick up at some point in the future when I come home. Um, so this is the this is the first proper move I've probably ever done. Um, and my goodness, uh, I know I'm being a bit self indulgent in my conversation about myself here, but that was an absolute shit show. Um, I'm glad it's done, uh, and the process of unpacking still has to be completed, but. We are back. Um, I spent the Liverpool game uh, on my em- now empty houses, old houses floor watching it. Uh, and we got battered uh, much better after conceding those first two goals than I thought we were going to be. Um, but we, we did okay in the end. Um, but overall, um, they outplayed us and deserved to beat us. Uh, but there was some room for uh encouraging signs and then uh yesterday was the i just got all the electronics together and got everything working um and it was pretty much the first time i sat down to watch anything in the new house and we got utterly obliterated um so it was nice to see the end of an era for me bookended by being beaten by the top two teams in the league um and that is how it is but we have a couple of other things that have gone on in the last kind of seven days since we last talked. Um, and those are there's some pretty major things, actually. Um, George Cox, 22-year-old fullback, uh, has now completed a permanent move to Fortuna Citard. Uh, sorry if I've destroyed that spelling, uh, rather pronunciation. Um, he actually joined the top flight Dutch club um, last September on loan, and he's made 27 appearances. Um, this was a player that everybody I'd spoken to who had seen him live um, raved about him and thought he was going to be a fullback for the Albion. Um, he's clearly good enough to make 27 appearances in the in the main division of the Eredivisie. Um, so I'm I'm kind of surprised he's gone. Um, you know, it's it's one that isn't as noteworthy as the next one we're going to get to, but it, it's something that surprised me, um, especially given how much money we paid for uh, Ali Reza, 
from the Eredivisie in Lucardia. Um, you know, if we think they've got enough, I'm surprised he didn't come back and try and find himself uh, a first-team role next season, um, given that fullback is a spot that we need. Um, so we'll see. Uh, but, you know, we'll see what happens for us. But for George, uh, his future has been decided. He's off to Fortuna Sittard. Um, and good luck to him. Um, you know, I, they cancelled their league altogether. I'm not sure when they're due to come back. But... This is, this is a player that I would be very intrigued to see how he does uh, in the future. So all eyes on George. Um, wish him all the best. And I think I think he's probably going to go on to do very well for himself. Um, you know, a, a regular player in the area divisie is no joke as it is. So, so good for him. Um, the next one that was probably the... I mean, it was the biggest story um, of the last seven days for the Albion. Um, it has now been finally confirmed that Anthony Knockart has completed a permanent move um, from the Albion to Fulham following the loan spell that he's had there this this very long season. <laughs> um, you know, he, he did join up last July pretty early on. We were pretty surprised to see him go, uh, at least I was. Um, and the option of a permanent move was always said to be there and they've now gone ahead with it. Um, this is a top championship winger. It's a no-brainer that he would probably be a good championship winger for Fulham, and apparently he's done just fine. Not quite as good as he was for us, but that's how it is sometimes. Um, but he's gone on to make plenty of appearances for Fulham and continue to help them move on up the up the championship table. So good for him. Um, you know, I hope he continues to do well at Fulham, but he will always uh, hold a very special place. Um, in my heart, probably a lot of your hearts, um, the whole situation with his dad and, you know, the, the goal that Sidwell scored and just everything that came after it. Um, it had a feeling of like fate, right? Like if you believe in it, that we would, we would go on to do it. That's that season. Um, Noki went on and was the player of the season and was just electric, um, he scored some incredibly important goals in the Premier League with us as well. He uh, he actually went on to play 159 times for us, um, scored the 27 goals. Um, and of course, that very last goal that we saw Anthony score for us was that absolute worldie um, against Palace to, you know, without realising, very much put, put some points towards keeping us safe that year. So... Uh, I believe, all in all, um, we could end up bringing in £15 million for knockout after all, all is said and done, uh, when you think of the fee and the loan fee included. Um, and in a pandemic slash post-pandemic world, um, I think that is incredibly good business. Um, you know, whether he could or couldn't offer something to the Albion in the future is, isn't really a thing, because it was already decided that the permanent would be possible. Um, but I think that the fact that We've been able to make that much money off of him. Um, that isn't that isn't a fee we would have been able to get this year from scratch because of what's been going on with everything around the world. Um, fees are going to go down. We know this. People aren't going to be able to pay as outrageous a price. Um, and I think that this is one of those times when you're going to look back and think, how on earth did we manage to take that much money off of them? Um, given that you know, some of the prices that are going to be going on soon are going to be a lot smaller. So uh, I hope he does well. Um, hopefully they come back up and he, he he fires them up. But, yep, he's gone. Noki is gone. And uh, and this 
this severe lack of out-and-out winger um, under Graham Potter is becoming very apparent, uh, and that's something we'll kind of hit on a little bit later. And the third piece of news this week um, is Carl Rushworth. This is a teenage goalkeeper. Um, he has now signed a new three-year deal with the club. Uh, he joined from Halifax Town, um, and he has been somewhat of a enigma for the team. Um, never seen him play, really. Like, nobody really has too much. Um, but he has been an absolute beast. Um wherever he's gone so far on loan and development and he has been attracting all sorts including people like Barcelona and Real Madrid um, rumoured to have been looking at him Um, so the fact that we have now tied him down to another three years is very good indeed Uh, it will be very interesting to see what happens to him in the future Um, I think that you know it's not really negotiable Um, I think that Matt Ryan is our number one right now uh, but I think that we are long overdue some genuine competition for Matt. Uh, and I think that, you know, these these goalkeepers that are coming through, Christian Walton, although I know he's not that young anymore, uh, but in goalkeeper terms, they are younger, you know. So, you know, Walton, Rushworth, um, we have plenty of top quality, um, you know, goalkeepers in general to challenge Matt Ryan. Um, and I would, I would kind of like hope that one of them is going to be sitting behind him sooner or later um, as opposed to you know a very solid player in David Button kind of backing him up um, I would rather have you know a youth prospect in there whether it is you know Hugo Cato the under 23s keeper um, or whether it is Rushworth uh, or whether it is you know um, Christian Walton so I, I would like to see something um, from the youngsters sooner or later because we've invested a lot of time in those goalkeepers so fingers crossed we can see something soon um, so onto the games themselves uh, Liverpool Liverpool first they've just won the league uh, and they look like a team that are going to come out there um, and probably kick crap out of us uh, they've had a couple of poor performances away from home in recently like recently um, and to me it was it was a game where it was if it wasn't for the calamity errors that we had, uh, the two errors that we had leading to goals early on, um, you know, we would have been able to go ahead and 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 probably give them a much better game, um, possibly even take a point off of them. Um, I haven't been able to make all the notes I usually do, so we're going to be able to do this a little bit freehand here, um, but. The lineup itself was interesting. Um, you know, we started off with that back four of Burn, Dunk, Webster, Lamptey, uh, and we had a midfield group um, of McAllister, Stevens, Proper, Gross, and Trossard. Uh, once again, no out and out winger in the team, um, a Mopai up top. And to me, it's, it's becoming very interesting um, to see a total lack of wingers in this Potter side. Um, and I think that is probably a reason why Anthony Knockart moved on. Um, whatever idea Potter has in his head, uh, it doesn't in the future involve a lot of out-and-out wingers getting a lot of game time for us. So I think that if that is the case, um, we have a lot of a lot of recruitment to do uh, to make that midfield look how Potter wants it to look. Um, and more than anything, I think that we have a lot of work to do in 
in offloading specific players. Um, so we started out very narrow again, as you would expect. It was almost like a 4 3 2 1, um, but with those two, instead of being wingers, were very narrow, um, with you know Trossard occasionally whipping out wide. Um, but mostly it was the reliance on Burn and Lamptey to overlap and, and cause some problems. Um, Again, we continued with our lack of possession, uh, 55% possession to our 44%. Uh, we conceded 20 shots to Liverpool. Um, we made 12. Uh, we only had two on target of those 12. We allowed eight on target for Liverpool. Not good enough, really. Um, you know, that's something that we, we really shouldn't be allowing. Uh, pass success percentage, uh, 83% for them, 79% for them for us. So, you know, not a huge amount of difference there. Uh, the big problem here uh, is key passes. Um, we had 10 passes, key passes to their 17. Um, we allowed players like Andrew Robinson, Andy Robinson when he came on, Robertson when he came on, sorry, uh, to perform four key passes just when he came on as a substitute. Mental. Like, are you joking? How are we allowing that? Um, you know, Naby Keita, who I thought was pretty bang average, whipped out four key passes. Salah, two key passes. Trent Alexander-Arnold, two key passes. Um, this is a team that, uh, the, one of the best teams in the world, but we can do better than that. Um, and we we will do better than that. And it's disappointing to see it. Um, we allowed them 10 corners to our six. Uh, and, you know, the most important stat of the day as the team um, is is the dispossessed details. Uh, we were dispossessed eight times. They were dispossessed four. Uh, and of those eight times that we were dispossessed, two of them were classed as serious errors that led to goals or goal-scoring opportunities. If you lead... If you leave a goal-scoring opportunity like that or an error leading to a goal-scoring opportunity to a team like Liverpool, 95% of the time they're going to score a goal. And that's what they did. We screwed up big time and they wandered through and scored twice. Within, what, six, nine minutes, um, we allowed them to essentially end the game for us very early on. Um, now, the goal from us was excellent. Tarek Lamptey continues to impress massively, uh, and the goal there was was wonderful. Um, I thought Leandro Trossard was, again, very good uh, against Liverpool, and we'll kind of get into that in a minute. Um, I thought the, the substitutions were very good. Uh, you know, at 2-1 down, with 20 minutes to go, we had every reason to think we may be able to steal something here, and to take off Pascal Gross, McAllister, and Proper, and bring on Bissouma, Moy, and Connolly, um, I, I had no problem with that whatsoever. You know, gross for Moy is at this point almost a straight swap. Um, and then we're taking off McAllister uh, for Aaron Connolly to bring a more out-and-out striker on. And we're then taking off Davy Proper for Bissouma, who prefers to go forward if he can. Um, totally fine with it. And yet, unfortunately, five minutes later, we conceded to Mohamed Salah. Um, and for all the excellent work that Tarek Lamptey did all day, he totally lost Salah at that corner um, and he just went in to nod the ball home. Um, a massive Lamptey error there and just one of those things, unfortunately, uh, even the best have those days. Um, and, you know, at such a young age, um, maybe I shouldn't be calling him the best yet, but I really think he is not far off. Uh, he is 19 years old. He's not far off being one of the best players in our team. So um, what a piece of business it was to get him in. Um 
player specific for the Liverpool game. Um, you know, I think there's there's a lot to be there was a lot to be happy about watching it. Um, and the two main ones are pretty obvious. Um, you know, I think it's pretty clear to everybody that Trossard and Lamptey were excellent. Um, but somebody who stood out on the other side of things, the kind of the the people who have disappointed us, especially in the last two games, which is what we're covering. So the last two games, um, Davy Proper. Just what is going on with Davy Proper? Um, he was, you know, whoscored.com is a great website for, for team ratings and team rankings and all that stuff. He was rated the worst player on the pitch against Liverpool. Worst player. He's supposed to be one of our better players. Um, and he was absolutely abysmal. Uh, in terms of the Manchester City game, he wasn't much better. Um, you know, I thought he was really poor there as well. Um, but more than anything, you know, I'd, I don't know what he's doing. He was the one who created an error uh, that allowed that goal in the first place. And it just seems bizarre to me that he... Sometimes he looks like he's so silky smooth. And then other times it looks like he's so slow to react that he just doesn't have time to get the ball out. And his inability to play a simple pass sometimes is just astounding to me. Just play the ball. Just give the ball, like, play the ball to someone that you can see. Stop playing blind passes across the middle third of the midfield when you have teams like Liverpool that can hit you on the break so fast that you won't know what's hit you. You know, it it just blows my mind that we continue to allow that to happen. Um, And to me, that's, that's a reason why David Proper shouldn't be in that midfield too, he should be further forward if he's going to play um, because it's becoming far too common now um, and that's not something I would like to see. If we are talking about recruitment over the summer, um, I think that Bissouma and a new signing are the clear and obvious choice to be that midfield too in the, in the kind of the holding or like the anchor role. Dale Stevens for me is not there anymore. Um... I would rather have Bissouma and A.N. Other. Um, and then you can then move proper forward to be more of a Aaron Moy, um, Pascal Gross, McAllister-type midfielder um, and provide slightly more forward pressing. Um, because I just don't think he's got the... I don't know what it is, even. I just don't think he is a player that is any good at doing that kind of holding role. I think he's got far too many extravagant passes in him to dare do it um and i would rather not see him do it again (laughs) um but on the bright side the two players that shone leandro trossard four shots one on target one key pass a goal of course uh and was simply excellent um he has looked incredibly up for it in the last two games and there's very little you can say that isn't encouraging. You know, uh, he completed three successful dribbles past people, um, joint first as well there. Um, and I thought he is just, he has just been a total thorn in the side of every, of every team we've played so far. Um, especially the last couple. Uh, I thought that for some reason his head is even more in the game, uh, than it's ever been the last two games and maybe it's the restart uh, or maybe it's the idea of playing against the big boys that, that pushes him um, but Trossard has really came on in huge leaps and bounds um, similar to Bissouma 
uh, in the last couple of games, um, and that is incredibly encouraging. Tarek Lamptey, though, uh, once again, assist, um, assisted the goal for Trossard, one goal, uh, rather one shot, one key pass. Uh, he was just an absolute beast. He was also joint first on the completed fouls. Uh, he was joint first on winning fouls. Um, he was uh, first in interceptions, made four successful interceptions. Um, he was up there with the most clearances. Uh, only Burn, Duncan, Webster had more. Um, he was everywhere, and he did incredibly well. Um, you know, he attempted more crosses than anybody except for Pascal Gross. Uh, he also made the same amount of accurate crosses as Pascal Gross. Um, he was an s- excellent player, and. You know, he is very comfortable playing at right wing back or right back or whatever we're, we're asking him to do. Um, the only time we've found him looking not so comfortable was having him play against Manchester United as that right midfielder. Um, and to me, that is an excellent thing to have. Uh, I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Um, overall, it was, a, it was a game that we could have took more from. Um, and that's very encouraging when you think that they're champions. So, however, not all of it is, is you know, positive because the Manchester City game was an absolute mess. Um, five nothing, embarrassing. Uh, 21 minutes, Raheem Sterling, easy peasy. 44 minutes, J- uh, Gabriel Jesus, easy peasy. Then right after halftime, we just fell apart. Sterling, Bernardo Silva bagged another two within like four minutes of each other. And then Raheem Sterling finished us off right at the end. And it could have been worse. Um, I thought that it was just atrocious the whole way through. Um, You know, the stats are appalling. Um, We had three shots to their 26. They had eight shots on target. We had zero. Zero shots on target. They hit the woodwork twice. Uh, They were just all over us. We were. It was the worst performance I've seen from us in a long time. Uh, They had 70% possession. Uh, they had a 90% pass success rate to our 76. Um, they had 22 key passes to our three. 22 key passes. You know, like what is like uh, the fact that we're allowing it? It was, it was the worst. It's probably the worst performance I've one of the worst performances I've seen from us this season easily. Um, they completed 19 dribbles to our four. Uh, they had seven corners to our two. You know, they if there was a statist if there was a statistic to dominate us with, they they did exactly that. Um, very very poor. Uh, we were dispossessed nine times. Um, one of them was a major error that led to a goal. Uh, and yeah, like what more is there to say? It was just an absolute embarrassment. Um, the the players themselves, uh, very little good to say about any of them, frankly. Um, I thought Matt Ryan had a shocker of a game. Um, I know all the... He's too short brigade are out, but um, on a different day, Matt Ryan saves three of the five that went in. Um, And it has nothing to do with his height and everything to do with the fact that it was a shocking day at the office for everybody. Um, Aaron Connolly, you know, barely noticeable when he came on. Um, Lewis Dunk... Bang average. Webster scares me to death in games like this. Uh, 
Basuma was a pretty bright spark when he came on. Um, looked a lot more assured in the midfield and helped us out a lot. Uh, but Martin Montoya did nothing to did nothing to me to say that you should be fighting for that right back spot against Tarek Lamptey anymore. Uh, Trossard I thought was excellent. He was pretty much the only one I felt that was really having a good go. Two shots. Uh, you know he took two of our three shots. It's outrageous. And when you think the other shot was took by Lewis Dunk, that says everything you need to know. Um, Bernardo, uh, I thought, was atrocious. He was appalling yesterday. Uh, he's a left back that I've had a lot of... I, I have a lot of good feelings about. He's only 25 still as well. Um, but yesterday, he offered nothing. Uh, he was out of position a lot. He can't rely on pace when you're playing against people that quick. Um, and he did nothing to show me that he should be playing over Dan Byrne. And if you are, as a 25-year-old out-and-out left-back, unable to give me a good advertisement as to why you should be playing at left-back over a six foot seven, 28 28-year-old Englishman that has played centre-half almost his entire life, that's not good at all. Um... Not good at all. Tarek Lamptey, when he came on, again, thought he was probably one of the only bright sparks in the team. Mopai, when he came on, looked good. Uh, David Proper was absolutely appalling, worse than the game before. Pascal Gross was appalling, worse than the game before. Dale Stevens looked one move off of a red card. Um, the whole thing was just shocking. I think the only person that really stood out as anything bright was Leandro Trossard. Um, and we allowed... Manchester City to totally take the mick really um, and and just dominate us from the word go and we are now left in a spot where our goal difference is nowhere near as good as it was um, and you know hopefully hopefully we don't come to regret that uh, because Aston Villa today despite the fact that it seems dodgy as hell have now beaten Crystal Palace uh, and now need to you know they need to get seven points from their last nine um, but those games that they have coming up are not difficult. Um, they have Everton, Arsenal, and West Ham. Arsenal are poor. They don't have anything to play for either, and they are probably one of the worst attitudes in the game. Um, it's a team that I can imagine rolling over. Uh, Everton are totally hot and cold. Um, and then West Ham, last game of the season, they could very well be on holiday. Uh, we are putting ourselves into a very edgy position that we should not be in um Bournemouth are losing to Leicester right now um which is wonderful news uh, I'm recording this as they are playing um if that ends the way it is they are screwed they're not going to catch us at that point we're, we're good to go um there's no way on God's green earth they're coming anywhere near us at that point but all eyes now really are on Thursday the 16th of July um we then go to St Mary's at uh, the late kickoff in that game um, and earlier that day Everton play Villa um, if Everton can lose uh, win that rather um, we're good, we're safe, we're all good we can go into that Southampton game with zero pressure, uh, they would need six points and a goal different swing of like ten goals to catch us not a problem um, but the fact that we are playing ourselves into a position of having to feel like it's squeaky bum time ish when there's really no reason for us to do it to ourselves is so bloody annoying um and yeah 
it's not been the best podcast to roll back to, uh, but we will be back uh, next week for Southampton versus Brighton. That pod will be out on the uh, Friday because we play on the Thursday. Um, and then we play on Monday, the 20th of July. So we will then have another podcast on the Tuesday, July the 21st. Um, and then that's it. We, we make the long roll into July the 26th for our last game of the season. Uh, we will have a new show out that Monday on the 27th. And then uh, we will have a final kind of end of season wrap up on the some sometime that week i'll record it uh, and then we will kind of i will put it up on the show uh, monday the 3rd of august and then we'll see what the hell goes on from there so thank you for tuning in and we will be back uh in a couple of days next friday swallow some water down the wrong way uh for episode 87 thank you and be safe <laughs>